Hello and welcome to the most prestigious event of the F1 calendar, the F1 in Review Awards evening. We'll be dishing out awards which range from the very serious to the not so serious. Awards that can go to the drivers, constructors and even the racetracks. But be warned, these awards can only be bestowed once we've all come to a unanimous verdict. So for the last time this season, let's get started. And under braking, Leclerc has gone into the barriers at the penultimate turn. Perez ahead of Stroll, ahead of Ricardo behind. Oh, it's a tight finish. It's a photo finish. Adding another championship to his collection. It's Lewis Hamilton, champion of the world. I felt genuinely sad though when you said the last time this season. <laughs> I know, we'll be back. Thanks, we'll be back. So you're probably wondering, how will this go? Well, basically, we'll read out, or I'll read out, maybe someone else, uh, we'll say what the topic is or what the award is. So, for example, the first one would be best race. We'd then go around in a virtual sense and go and say what we thought the best race was. Uh, and then we'll sort of hash it out, come to an agreement, and then say, for example, this, uh, the uh, second Bahrain Grand Prix was the, uh, the winner. Not saying that that's the one I'm going for at all. I'm not trying to plug my, uh, my own options <laughs> in there, uh, uh-huh. early on. But there we go, there we go. But uh, that is how it will work for those who are wondering about the technicalities of uh, how, this, how this whole thing will, uh, will go forward. So, yeah, best race. I'm going to say the second Bahrain Grand Prix. What does everyone else think? Well, oh, Tom... In, my, in mine, I had both Italian Grand Prix, so Monza, Mugello, and the two Bahrain Grand Prix were up there. But I'm going to disagree with you, thank goodness, although it'd be a bit boring. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I know. For me, it's Turkey. <gasps> I have Turkey. It's tur- got It's turkey. got to be Turkey. Had everything nah. for an amazing qualifying session where Lance Stroll managed to plonk his ass on the, on the front row of the grid. And although Hamilton won, he he had to fight the whole way right to the last minute i was on the edge of my seat working out if anyone's going to have grip everyone was <laughs> determining whether or not this was going to be racing points finest moment and it was just pure adrenaline from start to finish and not forgetting like how ridiculous that track was and it made it so exciting because Everyone, on the first corner, there was like four spins. So it just mm. meant that the entire race was so exciting. Bottas was just spinning around in circles half the race. It, <laughs> it just, yeah. it, it gave us the best oh, of everything. Yes. Bless his heart. <laughs> it gave us so many different elements that like you've mentioned a few there. I just mentioned. Mm. It's strange to think that despite, yeah, despite Hamilton winning by a good half a minute at various points, any of the probably like eight or nine drivers could have won that race from the racing points to the Red Bulls had their various slip-ups. The Ferraris were up there for a while, which we hadn't seen at all during the season, hardly. And then Lewis Hamilton, the GOAT, arguably, coming through. Just just a masterful performance, really. Just turning, just getting the transition from intermediates to, sli- to not even to slicks, because they didn't change his tyres, but getting the transition perfect, just on that incredibly slippery track. Just mm-hmm. being like a sort of dragging his car, not even dragging his car around sort of fine-tuning his car around like a like a ballet dancer oh. something like that um, would, a beautiful drive i would say although i, I mean if, if the three of us have said that it looks like that may be the winner i would say tom though mm. i also had bahrain number two i forgot yeah, it, it was it, up there yeah it's called oh it's like here i had to look that up because i've just been calling it bahrain number two the whole time um but <laughs> so, for so. me um obviously yeah i think it's it is second i think we can agree on that but the mm. excitement of it 
it's truly probably compared to um, other than Turkey and maybe the excitement at the end of Silverstone is, is almost unmatched. The the way that Bahrain throw does these curveballs and the fact that, you know, um, uh, I just about to say Stroll. No, Perez was literally spun and was last at the, at the yeah. first few corners of that race and then ended first. It was just full of ups and downs and impressive, but... Um, I would just put Turkey ahead, but yeah, what are t- those two? I think we ag- can agree those were the absolute best two races of the season. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. really, I also like the fact that uh, Turkey had cut like a wholesome moment as well in the fact that Seb. Vettel got onto the podium and him and Hamilton were all happy, and that that really made me feel very good. You're right, Bahrain was incredible in the fact that we were for the, I, I, maybe if, maybe if. Um, Mercedes had had won with Russell in the car. It would be number one. But mm. I think Turkey. I think Turkey was as a package all weekend was absolutely incredible. Um, I, I would. I so hope. I so hope that we have even one race like Bahrain number two or Turkey in the next season because they they were so good, so close. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, the reason why I chose uh, the Sakir Grand Prix was the fact that it gave us a sort of a vision or a look into the future of what Formula One could be in the future when Lewis Hamilton um, does eventually hang up his gloves. And the emotion that came with it, the fact that George Russell had setbacks twice and that we saw um, uh, Perez do so well, as well as Ocon and Stroll, uh, three drivers that have been criticised and, you know, one who could potentially was without a drive going forward was the reason I chose that race. I mean, as well, though, Turkey is a, is a worthy winner. I'm not going to go and, you know, prevent the will of the people on this one. But um, <laughs> the, the, the reason why I didn't choose Turkey was because... For me, it felt like a very, very long race. And I get that because of the sort of track conditions, the fact that it was so wet and therefore slow. But um, yeah, watching the Sakir Grand Prix is probably the most fun I've had this season, watching an F1 race. And, you know, when, when that award came up, when that sort of uh, chance for us to, to nominate something came forward, that's the one that uh, came into my head. But hey, if it's three against one, then I'm, I'm prepared to yield. I'm prepared to yield. Is that, is that our final decision then? I reckon so. Let me write it down. Yep. <laughs> um, I think as well that we can fully agree that Sakir is second and we could even have that as a little asterisk on the side. Ah, <laughs> yeah, the sympathy very, vote. Very Lovely. <laughs> okay, so moving forwards now to the next category. We're going for the most improved driver. Who do we think is the most improved driver? Who wants to go first on this one? I'll go first. Go on. Uh, my most improved driver of 2020 would have to be Pierre Gasly. Um, compared to where he was at the start of the year, I know at the back end of last year when he was dropped back into to Toro Rosso as it was then, he still put in some stellar performances, including his phenomenal podium in Brazil. But I feel like this year he's really sort of channeled that consistency. I mean, obviously his win in Monza is a standout drive from him this year. But other results such as his fifth place in Portugal come to mind. Uh, sixth place at the Nürburgring and also other results like sixth place in, in Bahrain I think he's just generally just improved his consistency and ups his level of performance compared to the start of the year so yeah for me it has to be Pierre Gasly I'm hoping we have lots of lots of argument about this one because there are so many mm. so many drivers did well uh, again I, I completely agree with you Pierre Gasly was on my list of, of good improvements even Lance Stroll was up, up on that on that mm. list we cannot Same. forget the man that nearly won a race if it wasn't picked by the post by Pierre Gasly the man who got onto the podium in Turkey uh, right, the first place on the uh, and also first place in in the qualifying but for me I, I've actually picked George Russell now 
Firstly, Mm. this is because his performance in qualifying this year has been outstanding, especially given the car that he was given by Williams, which was atrocious, and having to go through also the split in Williams from the family departing and the new management coming over. That's a lot of things to take on at such a young age. But he also managed to bag three points, which is an infinite improvement over last year where he got zero. So that's pretty good. Infinity is pretty hard to get. Um, And also got fourth place this year for the most laps led. Mm -hmm. So I would argue that in terms of most improved, because he and his car were so atrocious last year that I think his change in performance has been exceptional. I think the only thing that let him down was, oddly enough, Mercedes in the fact that he didn't win a race because then he would probably, I think, rival Pierre Gasly even more. But I would still argue that he is more improved than Pierre Gasly. But I know that you might not think that. <laughs> um, I I took it kind of differently, I'm afraid. the award I took it as in not improved from last year, but improved from first race this year to last race this year. Um, that's unfortunate that, <laughs> that I read it the wrong way. So I, I took it as, yeah, who's improved most this through the season, but this season only. And I was actually thinking it could be Daniel Kvyat um, because he didn't start the season very well um, with sort of, I think it was a couple of 12 places in a, re- a retirement and things like that. And yes, he still had some ups and downs towards the end of the season, but he, I found like he was consistently quite impressive this season compared to how we've seen him in the past. And because I feel like at previous seasons you've had extremes where he's done quite like he's had a, he had a third last year, but then he he had three retirements last year. Whereas this year it's, he did seem a lot more consistent. And my and the reason I, I'm just going to tell you the story about how it got to this. I was talking to my parents about this because I was desperately trying to come up with my answers for these awards. And my mum had him in her fantasy f1 team and she said she put him in at the start and she really regretted it and oh my god why have i put daniel kvyat in because he's just not doing very well and she said by the end she found he was a very useful asset to the team and because and because of that she felt he'd improved throughout the season and then looking at his stats i could see why she thought that there was it certainly wasn't perfect um but throughout the season i'm gonna say well done to daniel kvyat i don't think he's gonna win this round uh, (laughs) because of your answers but good on you daniel can I ask a question, Liv? You have been talking about your fantasy team for, well, yes. the entire season, which I'd yeah. expect. How did you do? Um, I'm afraid I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> my, <laughs> me and my dad right, took it so seriously. Like, so seriously. My mum did not, she did not care. She'd put it in once and then never changed it. Me and my dad were changing almost weekly. Um, I, d- I was doing two changes a week, having to lose 10 points, but I'll be like, I was like, it's worth it. It's worth it. Anyway, my mum didn't touch us and she won. <laughs> so I've stopped talking about it. <laughs> um, um, so I'm, I'm moving on from it, but nice. yeah, that. Um, Have you learned a valuable I've learned a lesson? lesson. I thought I, I was. I thought I knew everything, and I, it turns out I didn't. I know it's shocking. So um, yeah. Anyway, but to go back to this conversation, um, yeah, I'm going to throw Daniel Kvyat into the hat, but also understand if he doesn't win. Tom, on to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's, that's a rogue one, but I'm a big fan of Kvyat and, you know, not going to reopen those old wounds, but it's sad to see him go from Formula One. Um, I chose Pierre Gasly, so I'm in Camp Angus. 
uh, with this yes. one, um, purely because he won a race uh, in Italy. And bear in mind, this was a driver who we thought would just be, you know, a bog standard Alpha Tauri or Toro Rosso then driver after he was dumped by Red Bull and that he would never climb up to the illustrious uh, heights he, he could have to start with. And he had ultimately failed before he'd even begun. Um, but no, his, his return and the fact that he's finished 10th in the uh, Drivers' Championship this year is quite remarkable. And I don't think that um, Alpha Tauri would have such a successful season in comparison to last season and get so close to Ferrari if it wasn't for him. So um, I'm firmly with with uh, Pierre Gasly. I understand why uh, George Russell is, has been chosen by, by Tristan. He's, he's shown clearly in a very able um, Mercedes car why he deserves to be in that academy and ultimately to be the, the successor to Lewis Hamilton. Um, but the fact that... Um, he still only got three points, granted in a very average and rubbish uh, Williams car. It's difficult to see how much he's improved, if that makes sense, because he's still not scoring points and he's known as Mr. Saturday. So it's like, ah, you know, you're good at qualifying, fantastic, but um, we need to see a bit more points regardless of the tools that you have uh, at your disposal. So I'm, um, I understand, but I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in Camp Anger somewhere with okay. Pierre on this one. I so think what do we that do Pierre's now? won, surely. I can... Well, you've got I two think you two have to budge, yeah. Because, yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I completely agree because this is something <laughs> If me and Tristan had said the same person, <laughs> and it, then it would be everyone, they both had two votes. But Do you I, agree that Pierre Gasly is most improved, Liv? Uh, most yes. Im- D- no, don't, it, depends, don't it depends because <laughs> it depends how you look at it. <laughs> um I think he's. I think he's been solid, and he was solid the year before. He's just had difficult situations and, and difficult cars, and that everyone knows the the Red Bull is designed mainly for Max Verstappen and not for the second person. So that's why he struggled in that one. But in the in the Toro Rosso, as it was called last year, he did very well, and this year he did equally very well. He he still had three retirements and you know a fifteenth and a thirteenth and stuff this year. But I I love Pierre Gasly. I don't think it, I think he's up there with. I think he should get plenty of awards. But I'm not sure if he's the most improved because I think he's always been or anyway most recent years been quite good but i can see i can see why you say it and he's also the, on the same team as the guy i suggested so <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I, I i would i would lean towards so pierre, pierre over george is it pierre, so. pierre and the winner of the most improved driver for 2020 is pierre gasly okay well i'm pierre. Woo. yeah well, i know don't let us down next year. Okay. <laughs> now going on to the third award, going on to the sort of flip side of the coin, the biggest letdown. Who's been the biggest letdown on the grid? What do you think? Uh, sure. Us. Well, I have a real answer, but my um, as in a person. However, my first answer is the Ferrari SF1000. <laughs> the car was the biggest letdown. <laughs> but no, uh, that is more of a joke answer, but... We can all agree, surely, that that was a huge letdown for us this year. Oh, I actually put Ferrari was yes, definitely sure. a huge um, letdown. So we could consider it as our answer, depending on what we say for the other ones. But my other answer was mm-hmm. um, Giovinazzi. Ooh. He's such a letdown for me. Ooh. I don't see... When they put him in, we all know he was very much this like Italian you know, racer that they wanted in the, in the team. And <sighs> I sometimes forget he's there. And I feel like... I I feel like even with someone else like even with some other drivers that we're not that keen on they they have more of an impact whereas I feel like Giovinazzi doesn't 
he's just a let down. He doesn't, as someone you want on a grid, you don't remember him. You don't say, wow. You don't think, oh, like, good mo-. He's just there. And so for me, as looking at the grid as a whole, I feel most let down by the fact that, of how he's been this season and just, exit, yeah. Wait, but, yeah. but sorry, Liv, sorry. That, that would mean you had an expectation um, of him to start well, yeah, with. Yeah, I know. I don't necessarily mean me, but I think the... In the, I was going to say the grid, maybe not. Fans, Ferrari, Alfa Romeo, people, they put him in for a reason, and I just think he's been a letdown in the sense that he hasn't done anything. He's, I've basically forgotten he's mm. existed this year. So like, I want to remember even the ones I'm not like keen on. They <laughs> they haven't let me down in the sense they've made an impact on the race, but I feel let down by him in the sense that he hasn't made an impact, and he his seat could be given to Callum Mylot. Moving on. Can I ask a question? Have you all done um, drivers oh, yes, as sir. your biggest letdown? Driver, yeah. Hmm. Okay, because <laughs> I took a different lead. Uh, so I'll I'll announce my biggest letdown, and then we can battle it over which driver we pick. I guess because I haven't picked one, so it's not <laughs> going to be me. Uh, so I put Ferrari was definitely a huge letdown. Uh, so they just couldn't perform all year, and bad decision after bad decision meant that the whole team looked dejected. Uh, mistakes this year included leaving Vettel out on soft tyres longer than they left him out on medium tyres and failing to produce an engine with any competitiveness. But, oddly enough, they didn't take the biscuit. The biggest letdown goes to Haas. They performed awfully this year and to top it off, hired <laughs> yeah. Mazepin. This is a letdown not only in terms of how well the team performed, but also in their attitude and upholding the F1 I mantra, agree. we race as one. <laughs> Are you shocked? <laughs> good shout, good shout no. actually. I mean, objectively yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could always correct. decide to have a driver and a team. Let's, let's break okay. the rules. Although then it. also, it. then it's Ferrari or Haas, Ooh. or is it both? Or is it just the entire manufacturer? <laughs> it's Haas. I think it's got to be, be Haas. It's got to be Haas. PR it's got to be Haas. PR disaster uh, yeah. and car disaster, you know. So it's Haas is combo. the team. What's the driver? For, for my driver letdown, he may have been the first driver from Thailand to ever go on the Formula 1 podium, but other than that, there was not much joy. <laughs> for our good friend, Alexander Albon, um... I, in terms of why he was the biggest letdown, I personally, I'm not saying I had massively high expectations at the start of the year, but I thought that he'd acquitted himself quite well in the second half of last year in the Red Bull team, and I thought he'd given himself a, a good platform to sort of to sort of be a good number two to Max Verstappen, to sort of fulfil that Red Bull ambition of having a second car to be able to you know mix up strategy and try and challenge the Mercedes. But he was, other than, when he when he had his pace, he was pretty good. But he wasn't really ever on it. That's the thing. He was always far off Verstappen. He's always mired in the midfield, which made his races more complicated. And then you thought that once he got that podium at Mugello, you thought, right, yes, this is the moment. This is the breakthrough. He's finally going to push through. And he just, he just completely te- like, it just went went off course after that. So like, for me, yeah, Alex Albon, the biggest letdown. Yeah, I'm. Yes, yeah, I'm just very sad for him. Nothing much else. Um, yeah. So for my biggest letdown, I've gone for Kimi Raikkonen. Oh, uh, what? No. I know. I know. Right. I know. It's uh, going to add another driver to that to that pot. But um, I, I've gone for Raikkonen because he's always been there to bring in points and to bring that uh, Alfa Romeo up, kicking and screaming to get them more points than the cars perhaps worth. But this year, this hasn't happened. He's scored four points. So is Giovinazzi. He's only finishing the points twice, two ninth places. 
and you sort of think he's what 40 41 years old there's younger drivers um in f2 coming up that need to race in formula one and deserve to race in formula one and if raikkonen's not doing what raikkonen uh, what we thought Raikkonen would do, then you kind of think, isn't it time to hang up your gloves and to allow uh, younger and fresher talent to come through? You know, he's a multi-time world champion. I expected a lot of him, and to put it plainly, he's let me down. So he is my biggest loser. So uh, we've sorry. got... Um, that means you've got Kimi Raikkonen, Alexander Albon, and Liv, you picked... Giovinazzi. Giovinazzi. Ooh. I'm going to jump on... See, I think Albon was let down by Red Bull more than he was mm. let down by himself. Ooh, so I'm actually going to jump onto the Tom bandwagon <laughs> and say that Kimi Raikkonen was a letdown because he was supposed to help mentor and improve Giovinazzi, and he failed to do that. So I think he has now blocked other people from getting to the sport and I think it's time for him to retire that he is a great driver he will go down as a world champion but he's now sort of ruining his own legacy mm. well, I was going to say I, I'll, I'll end this all now I'm going to jump on the Kimi bandwagon as well I'm going to give it three votes to one because I also well arguably Antonio Giovinazzi should retire as well I mean he's just he's <laughs> not very uh, he's, he's not great is he and for that reason like I mean obviously he was a letdown but I never had high expectations of him in the first place. So I had pretty high expectations that Raikkonen would maybe, you know, it could be his final year as Swan Song and he could, like, go for it. But, yeah, he was, yeah, a bit rubbish as well. So just because my expectations for Giovinazzi were already rock bottom, I'm going to put Raikkonen as the letdown. So the winner of the biggest letdown for 2020 is Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. And Haas. And Haas. Haas. Well done, guys. Do we clap? Uh, You've really earned it, guys. Woo, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, really... They really did push the boat out to to overtake Ferrari in that level. Okay, so now on to the next award. Most underrated. We're looking for the most underrated driver on the grid. There's 20 drivers or so to pick from, but which one is the most underrated? If I may go first with this one. Uh, So this was pretty easy for me. There was only one driver that popped to mind, and that's Pierre Gasly. Um, I wasn't really expecting him to do brilliantly because he was a fine driver and he had also fallen from grace at Red Bull. Now, discounting his win, I think he really held his own and he massively contributed to AlphaTauri challenging Ferrari, which was one of the most exciting things that happened during the season. So unexpected. Brilliant. But then when you factor in the win as well, I think he proved to all the doubters (laughs) that he has come back with a vengeance. And I just did not see it coming. He completely blindsided me. So well done, Pierre. I actually have for most underrated, and this includes by myself. I also have underrated this person. I've put Lance Stroll. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I was expecting you to... Um, um, I put Lance Stroll because I think I've underrated him and I think that we've underrated him as a group. And I think it's partly because of the way that we viewed him in the past as a pay driver and stuff. But I think that he should be given a bit more credit. Just a bit. (laughs) The things that he's done this season in particular, and obviously that's what we're judging them on, um, are worthy of more praise than he's had in his career and this year. Um, And I think that 
he's shown people and i we said this at the time he's shown people that he is more than his dad's sort of owning team and his parents money he he is a talent and i'm really pleased that he got to show us that um and i hope that people will start rating him more you know higher but for now for this year i think he was the most underrated coming into the year and he's proved us all wrong so i'm going for lance stroll i am going to go with sergio perez now this is an interesting one because you could argue that now that he's finally got that first win under his belt and he's actually got a top seat in the red bull he's now got a red bull seat you could argue that he's like arguably that's no longer underrated because his talent has been like recognized but I, I actually struggled to find like a driver who I thought was like seriously underrated. The only two that I really came up with were Perez and Carlos Sainz. But at the same time, Carlos Sainz, he's now got a Ferrari seat. So you could argue, I mean, I know Ferrari tanks this year, but you, typically they are a top three race winning team. So arguably he's not un- underrated anymore because his talent has been recognised. So it was, a tr- it was a tricky one for me, this one. But I still feel that, I think, if, I guess... The reason probably I chose this was one for the lack of options I felt I had, but two, I still think I think people are writing off Perez against Verstappen next year. I think people are presuming that he's going to be like Verstappen's going to like destroy him as well, like he did with the with Albon, Gasly, and all the others before him. But I think I think they might still be in for a surprise. I think Sergio Perez could definitely punch above his weight, even in the Red Bull team. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how that works out for the Red Bull team um, and whether it gets in the way of um of them achieving anything but yeah i'm going with sergio perez well allow me to add another driver to the uh, to the melting pot shall we say esteban ocon i've gone for uh he's a driver who is always seen as the other guy at renault and uh, and wrongly so let's remember this guy was a, a part of the mercedes academy and had to leave ultimately to get a drive not through a sort of lack of talent and looking at how he's done this year he's got that second place he's finishing the points 10 times a very young driver as well. He's had a bit of a a, a bad streak or a, a, a sort of a lucky streak, shall we say, in the fact that his car has uh, failed him on four occasions and he's been forced to retire. And while he is 12th in the uh, in the Drivers' Championship as of this season, I think the best is yet to come for the young Frenchman. And um, I think he's going to do rather well in the, uh, in the com- upcoming seasons. And I don't really think he's given the credit he deserves um, because he's no longer part of uh, the Mercedes gang and he was the partner to Ricardo. So um, Esteban Ocon I'm adding to, uh, to the pot. Can I set- settle my... Well, not settle. Begin the debate. Yes, Go do. for it. Mm. I'm going to shut down two of you. <laughs> no, I, um, I don't think at the moment Ocon is underrated because he hasn't shown us enough yet. I don't think that he should be highly highly rated yeah um so i i don't think at the moment he's underrated and with perez i think again that he was already rated quite highly i don't think he's ever been underrated no one's gone perez is so bad because i think throughout the season even even before rumors of red bull etc everyone was saying perez needs to stay perez needs to stay oh my god how could they keep stroll over perez perez is good perez is good perez is the best so i think that he's never been underrated i think that he's always been rated quite highly um and I think he can perform very well in Red Bull next year. But I think looking at this season on its own, he's been rated really highly throughout the season and cheered on by fans, the paddock, the media, the whole season. So I would argue that he's not been rated. He's not been underrated at all. So um, I'm I'm, sh- I'm personally moving the um, Ocon and Perez 
away. I'm still maintaining. <laughs> I'm still maintaining Lonsterol because people hate him, but he's very good. Moving on. Yeah, but uh, mm, see, to, to, I agree with you on the premise that to be underrated, you have to have, be to be underrated. You have to have originally been looked at as poor and not worthy in Formula One, and then now suddenly to be no longer that underdog. And I think that the problem we have with Perez is he's actually been too good for that. He mm-hmm. kept his seat when Racing Point changed hands, or rather when Force India changed hands and made the Racing Point. So I think we were always uh, had the impression that he's a great driver, and he is actually a great driver. So I think it would be an insult to call him un- underrated. Hence the outrage, as Liv rightly said, when he was when it was suggested he might not be there anymore. Ocon um, falls into a really bad category of he's underrated, absolutely, but he's underrated because he's not very good, so he can't really <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's far. No, he's a, when I say not very good, I mean he's not like to get this award. Ocon would have had to beat Ricardo this year yeah. properly, and I don't think he did. Um, if anything, Ricardo was somewhat underrated this year. So I think Ocon falls into a category of a good driver that has just been a good driver. I don't think, he, again, I don't think he's been underrated. Now, I, I I hate the fact that you brought up Stroll because I also thought of Stroll, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. he's still rubbish. He's a big me. He's not rubbish. <laughs> he at is all. still. I'm sorry. He is. No, he's not rubbish. But he's I'd still... like to rewind to episodes when you guys have been praising I, him. I, I praised him literally earlier. Yes, he was definitely underrated, but he's been given a great car, a really great car. So, I would argue that Pierre Gasly pushed way harder to get the win. He overtook. He overtook. Stroll in a worse car and he helped get Alpha Tauri up to fight Ferrari so I'd argue that Pierre Gasly came out of nowhere much more no. than Stroll did I'm sorry Pierre to do Gasly this to you I'm, I'm yeah. sorry to do this to, I'm sorry to do this to you Sergio but I'm gonna have to go on the uh the Pierre Gasly um oh my God. side to be honest I'm <laughs> ditching so I have to say I Ocon I think I don't think it's fair because he got slapped by Ricardo this year. I think it's fair to say. Um, Lance Stroll, a little bit underrated, but not not quite enough for me. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm gonna have to go. I get your points actually about Perez not being underrated because Liv's right. He has been like sort of high in people's like thoughts for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right about the outrage of, of when he um, mm-hmm. like he lost his seat at Racing Point. But I think. Stroll knock on for me are poor options, so I'm gonna have to side with the um with Tristan here with Gasly. Poor, poor option. Pierre well. Gasly was good last year. He was good last year. We've we've been well, well, well. Eh? I'm gonna do a Twitter on, poll. Tom. I'm doing a Twitter poll to see what people say. No, you can't <laughs> do a Twitter poll just to find. No, it. I was gonna do it on my own and then retweet. I was gonna do it on my own and then retweet it. By F1 in review. Come on, Tom. Let us know what you think. She's going to do a poll, okay, vote for so... it, vote, do a one vote, and then be like, "Oh, strolling, strolling." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Now, Lance Stroll has improved from last season. He has, you know, but he did set the bar incredibly low, <laughs> and the car has got a lot better. And his teammates missed two races through illness. And there's still a huge gap um, of about 50 points 
uh, more than that, um, between the two. And I just, I just can't bring myself to say that Lance Stroll is underrated because he's still got a lot to learn and he's still got a lot to improve in. So for that reason, get me in that Pierre Gasly camp. Well, I'm <laughs> pleased to announce in that case that the most underrated driver in 2020 is Pierre Gasly. Which I think is a really nice phoenix out of the fire. He's already sort of won analogy. most improved. He can't just take them all. Well, he did both. <laughs> he just <laughs> happened to be both. And anyway, I went for la- I went for George Russell. So this is your own doing. You did I this. I literally haven't had one one yet, and I've You'll made get some one. good points. Liv, it's not all about winning. It's about taking part and enjoying uh-huh. it. Liv should start asking her mum instead. She might get the right answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, my come mom's, on. My mum's the F one F one fantasy winner twenty twenty. She knows her stuff. Okay. 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 Right. <laughs> Shall we move on now? Let's do it. So we're now looking at the best teammate pairings. Of course, there are two drivers in a team. They are both teammates, but which two have worked together uh, to the effect and to the greatness of the team? What do we think? What do we think? Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz. Oh my gosh, do you think that? Oh my gosh, I, that's why I put, does that mean I'm going to win something? <laughs> yeah, I put Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz. I said they really Ooh. like each other and the feel-good yeah. vibes from yeah. them are excellent. And I thoroughly enjoy the puppet show that McLaren do with I them. I know. I would highly recommend, by the way, Googling it and just watching some mm. of the stuff they do. It's just real feel-good vibes. And, and they just like each other on the track as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, you say like each other, but also they're not afraid to be competitive on track as well. It's not all besties. They still no. fight very well mm. on track, but they know the difference between fighting on track and being best mates off track. And I think they have the perfect balance. They have a lot of respect for each other, which is always very they important. Do. Very they important. Do. Yeah. And with that in mind, I'm in the McLaren camp as well. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. my answer is going to be... I'll, I'll give myself a little 30 seconds shout out of my it. answer, and then, then we'll give the award <laughs> to Science and Norris. Uh, <laughs> Science and Norris, yeah, a very good shout because obviously they work well off and on track, um, and they they're not only they're funny and good mates off track, they they bring it on track, um, which in the end brought them third in the constructors championship. The fact they had two good drivers who work well together. My answer was in fact, well, I take the best pairing to mean well, I guess the best pairing for me is Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton and, and Bono Bottas. Oh no, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas. What? Because if we're talking drivers. Those two are a ruthless winning machine. Well, Hamilton is. Bottas is like a nice little sort of number two to sort of, you know, scoop things up. But, um, I mean, they've won four back-to-back championships as a pairing. So, and this year they were, I mean, yes, in the fastest car, but they were ruthless together. I feel like they're a good foil for each other. Or Bottas is a good foil for Hamilton. But, yeah, I've gone with them as the best pairing. And... Yeah, let's move on. Your answer was better. Yeah. Well, yeah. there we go. I mean, I, I would have accepted actually Lewis Hamilton and Bono because that is actually yeah. a team pairing technically. Mm. Yeah, Mr. Trent. Yeah. Anyway, right. Well, in that case, the 2020 winner for the best teammate pairing is Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz. Congratulations. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of sad that they're not going to be together next year. Mm. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. True. That's true. But then we get Lando and Danny Rick, yeah. which is honestly incredible. Mm. So let's see what happens. Only time will tell. Yeah, that was very quick. Okay, on to the next award, the best feel-good moment of the year. There's been many moments this year, but which one has made you feel good the most? Um, I'm going to go with Roman Grosjean walking away from that firestorm that we saw in Bahrain. Um, 
I don't think I'm alone when I, I saw that happen uh, on my screen. I thought the worst. Um, but to see him walk away, you know, with only only some help from the uh, paramedics and to now know that he's fully recovered um, and has not suffered any serious damage from that crash is is amazing. Um, so that is my feel-good moment of the year. Okay, can I immediately country you there, or counter you there? Because that also sprang to mind. But I would argue because of the sheer panic that yeah, I was feeling, too. it wasn't feel good. I've actually, I have given it a category, but not okay. this one. I uh, yeah, I same. think for me, that was a really incredible moment, but it wasn't like feel good. I didn't get warm and fuzzy inside. For me, the feel good <laughs> moment of the year. Uh, there were lots of, there were lots of ones like um, McLaren winning third. Hamilton being emotional with his dog and even Lance Stroll getting onto the podium, they were all up there. But the feel-good moment for me actually went to Perez when he took his first win in Bahrain. And that, I got a sense of like, ah, everything's just gonna be alright. You know that moment when you have a really bad dream and then you wake up and you realise you didn't in fact shave your head and your phone isn't dropped in a pond somewhere. (laughs) I got that kind of feeling when when he he took the, the win because I was like, oh, well, good he's going to get a drive this was going to be terrible for the sport but there is also a little shout out which is to sebastian vettel for bringing us so many feel-good moments including uh, my personal favorite when i read that he gave hamilton's dog a squeaky ball um (laughs) to keep hamilton up all night um uh, um, vettel is so wholesome and yeah, he kind of gets out a shout out for me, but for me, it, it's Perez and the fact that he won a race. I felt so good. Yeah, like you said, Tristan, there are loads of great on track moments um, this year. I felt that this this category is sort of a chance to celebrate some of the off track moments, like like you said, ones that made you feel warm and fuzzy inside. And one moment that came to mind straight away was I don't know if you you remember it, but the British Grand Prix beforehand, before the British Grand Prix, Lando Norris sent out a message on his social media to uh, allow his fans to design his helmet for the race for the race weekend and the winner of the competition was a six-year-old girl called eva and it's the just the cutest design ever it's just she literally she just put lando norris in big letters with a number four as well and like a racing driver in a little toy car and lando norris wore that design as his helmet design for the british grand prix weekend and it was such a wholesome feel-good moment and i thought it was a brilliant design as well so fair play eva it's fantastic i'm jumping on the uh eva helmet i also will jump on i'm gonna jump on (laughs) but can i also explain what i was going to say (laughs) so i'm jumping on that bandwagon however i i did something i said something similar to what Tristan said in the sense that for me Grosjean surviving the crash wasn't feel good I I was crying a lot (laughs) however however, for me I put when I did put before I jumped on the Eva bandwagon I put that it was actually when he returned to paddock the following week and was you know got to see his team again he hugged his mechanics he hugged the the men who saved him and for me I felt I felt good then because I knew it was all okay you know Um, and Mm. so for me that was definitely a warm and fuzzy moment um but yeah, I mean, it's got to be Eva. It, it's a close second, but I think we can, it, uh, as that seems to be the direction we're going, let's settle it and go for Eva and her wonderful helmet, which she got a, her let's own version it. of delivered, which is just so cute. Yeah, let's do it. And the winner for the feel good moment of 2020 was the helmet designed by a six year old fan called Eva for Lando Norris. Yeah. Woo! 
That was such a good. That was a good shout. Yeah, it's that fun. Indeed. Okay, so up next is the Beige Award. There are many drivers on the track, but which one is the most beige? What do we think? What do we think? So, as you all know, I've called Mr. Bottas the beige man for a while, but this year, I think we had another beige person, and that was Alexander Albon. Oh. Mm. Albon oh my is God. Alexander Albon. Oh, bless him. He had a little bit of colour in his cheeks. Right, he, he won. He did actually get onto the podium, if you'll remember. He might even got there twice. But he was just really poor. And when he started moaning as well and being like, oh, <laughs> I can't get very far. I'm not doing very well. It was like everyone was throwing all the colours into one pot. And if you throw all the colours of anger and hate and happiness into one pot, you kind of get beige. So, Alexander mm. Albon, you're my beige man this year. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, see, mm. I think that whilst whilst some performances might have been beige, I'm really taking beige in for the entire being per the entire person who's beige in personality who's beige in style who's beige in <laughs> you know hairstyle alexander Albon has an absolutely fantastic personality like if we if if the listeners watched or you know, um to, saw any of the um esports that took place at the beginning of the year when they were all live streaming on twitch together and things like that he he really showed the history of colors and also some confidence that we've never seen when he's been around Red Bull, I wonder why. Um, so <laughs> I don't think that Alex Albon has a beige personality. I think that he's a great guy. He's he's a fun person. He's got, he's a, you know, he's got a good sense of humour. He's got some good mates, and he's fashionable. So although his driving might have been eh, at some point, it has to be Valtteri Bottas. It was named after no, him this award. No, no, Valtteri no, Bottas no, no. is the most beige person. Yes. No, agreed. No, Thank you, no. Angus. Please, someone agree with no. me. No, 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 no. The, the beige award goes to Giovinazzi. No, he's got good hair. No, he's got no, 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 no. We can't. The beige award has got, no because otherwise Bottas's moustache would would have stopped him from getting the beige awards in previous years. It's Bottas. It's, the the it's whole Bottas. reason, yeah. I, I, oh, see, I'm actually I agree with Tom. I I would say Bottas. I would say I actually had for beige. I had a specific moment written down, which is one of Valtteri Bottas's moments. Um, because I remember when after the Russian Grand Prix. Um, he won the race, and you may remember, feel free to, to bleep this part, Tristan, but he said uh, on the radio, repeated a famous message to whom it may concern, fuck you. Um, he then followed the rest of that, and that was, that was supposedly supposed to be a, like a springboard for the rest of the season. And for him to follow up the rest of the season by sort of handing the, the title to Lewis Hamilton on a silver platter, in my opinion, is it's just such a beige thing to do. Like, he just <laughs> he gave up so easily, and... Uh, you, you sort of think, oh, I mean, classic Bottas, really. But um, for me, for me, that's like I picked a specific beige moment. But yeah, if we were going for a beige driver, I'd say Valtteri Bottas, the the original Valtteri beige. It has us. to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I I think if I have to, I, I would more agree with Tom than I would agree yeah. with you. Oh no. I think I can't that. you're the one that cl you're the one that I literally know. made him beige. Yeah, no. yeah, but 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 live as you said, he is Valtteri beige man Bottas, but. But okay. I felt like this year he actually really did not be beige as beige no, Tristan, as other Tristan, Tristan you, I bet you no one else in world history has ever called Valtteri Bottas beige. beige. Yeah, I bet you he's. Ne 
bet you he, no one has ever called him beige. You can own that phrase. I guarantee that Giovinazzi's not be called beige either. Well, that's why he doesn't <laughs> deserve it. Well, <laughs> no, but I think Giovinazzi has been... I mean, he's been so dull that I didn't yep. even consider him for anything this year. Every single driver mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I thought. I even thought... Like, I mean, we every single driver has been at least considered, I think, for one award. You know, most underrated, you could have... Like, you could have had some of the the poorer drivers, but Giovinazzi for me has done nothing. What did he do yeah. apart from he did one thing? That's why he's biggest letdown. But you all didn't agree with me, did you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I don't think we have an answer well. for this one, listeners. There's no beige award this year. It's been cancelled. What a beige should... answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> we Maybe could they could share joint. the award. Why don't yeah. Yeah. Why don't we jointly give it? Fine. Cool. Well, Shall I do fellas. the honors? Yeah, do the honors, Tom. So the joint winners of the Beige Award are our good friends Valtteri Bottas and Giovinazzi. Well and he said Valtteri Bottas first because he knows it's the right answer. Okay. <laughs> Even though I said yeah. Giovinazzi, what? <laughs> 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 okay, okay, okay. Play nicely, children. Okay, next award, the biggest meme. The biggest meme. Could be a person, could be an event. Lance could be Stroll. something else. Who is it? Who is Lance it? Lance Stroll. <laughs> he, is, he has brought so much joy to me. Lance Troll because he's just such a he's actually more he's really funny and off track he's hilarious but he is just such a meme I I, I think the meme was summarised quite nicely when he he crashed just after Grosjean's big fireball and he flipped flipped over <laughs> his back and he just he goes onto the radio and he just goes oh guys I'm on my back and no one even <laughs> blinked twice about him <laughs> or the fact that we were taking bets about how many laps he would um, stay in the lead for he is such a meme and bless him he is so wholesome about it so for me it's got to be Lance Stroll where as it turns out I'm actually getting more and more uh, a fan of Stroll as he's become less and less of a Max Verstappen wannabe and is taking his own path with the help of Daddy Stroll. Also, he's got Papa Stroll, which is a meme in itself. Mm. It's fair. Can, I'm I'm gonna go now. I have. Oh, I sorry. I I I wasn't looking at you. Um, I have three. <laughs> um, I'll pick my favourite one. So far, I I think. So I I firstly I have um the remake of the classic Fernando Alonso meme, but this time it was Lando Norris in a deck chair. Um, after he his car broke down, that was meme. It was so memeable that I memed it myself, and also so many people put tweeted it and posted it out there. Like that was just the memest moment. Like he was sat there. It was it was a recreation of 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 Fernando Alonso, but even more relatable to this day. And I also have the Seb having to pick like picking up, walking around picking up the debris of his own car, um, <laughs> to picking up the front wing and just like carrying it over his shoulder. Like that was just, just summarizes Seb's year and so that was a bit of a meme and then finally i have uh the podium robots who made, oh god <laughs> yes who made their the one the single appearance oh. and was the most awkward you could just hear the crickets in the background as they <laughs> up towards them it was so awkward and it was just it was that was a major meme as well so i'm gonna i'm gonna lead with that as my main one because that was the one i got the best reaction to um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my main one but i'd like to just put lando and seb in there as well but we'll go for the podium robot thank you very much Okay. See, I chose Lewis Hamilton on the radio. 
Because he always oh, just goes, tires. guys, my tyres. You sure that's the right decision, guys? Moan, 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 moan. I get sick of it. Um, <laughs> so therefore, he's the biggest meme. Because whenever you see the little icon pop up and these sort of turquoise um, levels go up and down, you just know what's coming. You know what's coming. It's all about those damn tyres. I'm not bitter or anything, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually was with Tom on this one. Uh, oh my I've, ri- God. I've ri- written down here, best meme. I've written down, Bono, my tyres are dead. Um, <laughs> Come on! Because, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the, cla- you, you've, the amount of times we've seen it over the last few years where he can, Lewis Hamilton complains of his tyres being dead and he still wins the race. Whether it's a bluff or whether he's... he's it's just a heat-at-the-moment thing. It's just, it's just a massive meme. So, yeah, Lewis Hamilton on the team radio and his tyres being dead a lot of the time uh, is the meme of the year for me. Oh god! What a difficult... See, I feel us. like mine's completely out the window. So, oh, Kaiki, we've so we've got two Hamiltons versus. See, the, the robots were good. They were a meme, but did they get memed very much? But ah. did Lando in a chair get me? I'm gonna pa- no, I'm gonna just put I, my I old one. See it. I didn't see it. I have <laughs> seen a lot. I of, tweeted that. I have seen a lot of exactly. Hamilton. My tires are gone. In fact, I've Fine. seen it. I've seen it change to other things now as well. Like Bono, my sandwich is gone when he's been eating. <laughs> so I would, I would, uh, I think I'm gonna agree with the. Um, I, I love the robots live live if if the if ha- Hamilton's tires weren't such a meme, I think I'd have also gone with the robots and the okay. fact that it, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen <laughs> these tiny squares moving towards them awkwardly. <laughs> but I think it's got to be the uh, Bono. My tires have gone. Another victory, okay. terrific. Nice. The winner of the biggest meme is Lewis Hamilton talking about his tires. Yeah, you are a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now going on to the Reconstruction Award. So this award is for a Constructors, which has improved radically from last season. What do we think? What do we think? So I'm going to start off with a suggestion which might ruffle feathers, but <laughs> I'm going to say Racing Point. I have that. Uh, oh, same, maybe it won't ruffle that. feathers same. then. Oh, I've got okay. that as well. Yeah. Well, if we're, talking, yeah, if we're talking improvement as a Constructor, based on last year where they had a pretty rubbish car and they only just finished ahead of Alfa Romeo, to go from that, and you think of the process they've been through via, you know, copying a few Mercedes spreadsheets, etc., um, <laughs> to then go up to fourth in the championship. I mean, it's still, still, dis- despite the penalty levied against them and the the allegations of copying, it's still very impressive to have that much of a jump um, and to be consistently the third fastest car. The only disappointment for them would be not getting third in the championship. Um, are the other other contenders for me? The other standout one was probably Alpha Tauri. Um, I mean, obviously, you could argue their race win was lucky in the circumstances. There were circumstances that went in their favour. But their car, at various points, was a consistently a top 10 car and was actually pretty damn fast. Um, but I think just based on the improvement in the last 12 months or so, despite the caveat of the brake duts, um, Racing Point, for me, wins this award. Yeah. Is, is there any point, Ooh. say, McLaren... <laughs> Because I would argue McLaren's the most improved because they they beat Racing Point. I was going to give it to Racing Point if they got third, but I would argue that that McLaren has come from actually not doing very well at the back and then even with a Renault engine have managed to take third place. So I think in terms of most improved, I think I like to give it to McLaren's as well because they didn't copy Mercedes. (laughs) Hmm... 
but I, I would say that McLaren, yeah, McLaren over the years have improved, but over the last 12 months, I mean, they were best yeah. of the rest last year as well. They've gone from, you could say they've gone from best of the rest to best of the rest, effectively. Um, mm. I'm not, not putting down their achievements at all. They've done a fantastic job. Um, they've got more points this year than last year in fewer races, um, which definitely shows improvement. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say McLaren, sadly. Soz. No. <laughs> okay. I I am um, I had McLaren as a close second, but if yeah, if we're looking at who's what, what team has completely you know changed this year and for the better, um, whether yeah whether legally or well, legally is a bit of a strong word, whether morally correctly or not, it it's it's um, racing point. Fine, fine, yeah. fine. <laughs> Consensus. I, I admit. And the winner for the Reconstruction Award is Racing Point. Woohoo! Woo! Yeah. Well done, boys. I think uh, next year they're going to do even better, though. I, I, I have, um, uh, as Aston Martin, I can't actually wait to see what they do. I'm really hoping Sebastian Vettel gets a second. We should do, we should do like a, a pre-season prediction as our first podcast. <laughs> we will. Out. That's really Going. nice. That means Arguably. we'll have our 25th episode. Yay! Circle complete. Uh, next one. On to the next award now. Uh, driver of the year. Who is your driver of the year? For me, this one was really, really, really close between Hamilton and Russell. But I think Ooh. Hamilton mm. edges it. So, and this is rather fitting. Well done, good sir. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Mm. I, I too would like to nominate Sir Lewis Hamilton because there's no other real answer. And if you have a different answer, you're lying to yourself. Have you been lying to yourself, <laughs> Angus? I think you've been lying to yourself. But say oh I, I, uh, I would not be opposed to giving it to Sir Lewis Hamilton because we can stop. We can stop calling him Sir now. Yeah, we'll we just, just call him Hamilton kiss, We're kissing his ass a bit too much. Um, <laughs> you could, uh, Sir Lewis. Ham- I said it again. Lewis Hamilton <laughs> would be an appropriate winner of this award. I personally had. Uh, Sergio Perez, yeah, um, may not may not surprise you. Oh, hang on, we got a t- we got a tie there. We got we a could, tie. We, could, we got a we tie. Keep this going. I, I'm not necessarily opposed. Sorry, I am. I am. I am opposed to uh, having Lewis Hamilton as the driver of the year because Sergio Perez definitely deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore my complete 180. Um, Sergio Perez has had some fantastic performances. I've said many times on this podcast, um, his ability to drag every every iota out the car is phenomenal. Um, he finally broke that that racing that that race win duck. Um, came fourth in the drivers' championship despite missing two races as well, mm-hmm. um, which is no mean feat. Phenomenal, phenomenal performer. Put 100% in every race. Uh, Sergio Perez all the way. You guys have yeah, to be yeah. difficult, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Same to you. Come on, Tom. Your justification, please. Well, I mean, I think Angus has already said it, but yeah, missed two races, fourth in the drivers' championship, completely whacked his teammates, uh, defied all expectation, and um, basically, this was his season to convince everybody that he deserved to stay uh, in the sport, and he's done just that by being signed by the the, the second best uh, team on the grid. Lewis Hamilton's done remarkably well, yes, but he's he's got a teammate that allows him to win every week. He's got the best car on the grid by a country mile. It was a formality that Lewis Hamilton would win this uh, this constructors champ- this uh, drivers championship, and it would be a huge shock if he uh, hadn't have done so. But there'd be very few people out there, I imagine, that would have put uh, Sergio Perez as the fourth best driver of 2020 in terms of points and points finishes. And when he's missed two races. 
That's pretty good from a team that finished fourth in the Constructors' Championship, don't you think? I do think. I think good. very much. I hate the fact that you both make very compelling arguments. <sighs> this is really, Ooh. really difficult. No, this is, it, Lewis Hamilton, it, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not backing down from <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, but I would like to highlight that I think this would probably be one of those moments where we could probably give it to both of them. I think we, we don't give it to Hamilton because Hamilton won, like actually leveled himself with Schumacher on so on yet more things. He has solidified his position as being joint best ever. Arguably, there's lots of asterisks there, so please don't get angry with me for saying that, listeners. Um, hmm. Hamilton this year had some incredible wins, including at Turkey. He also had some unfortunate events and fought his way through it for example during the british grand prix um where he penalties so and monza as well i just thought of monza as well with the penalties as well so i would i i would argue that he's my driver of the year because he was just so incredible this year and he matched schumacher he won, ele- Lewis Hamilton won 11 races this year. Sergio Perez won one. And although, yes, Mercedes is quicker. <laughs> I wonder I'm sorry, why, I wonder no, why. Right? No, no, despite the Mercedes being quicker, the, the racing point is a is a copy of the Mercedes and therefore Ooh. he should be, he should oh. be up court. there. Oh, in court with that one. Hey, what's that's a, a good yeah, point. Yeah, what an absolute crime that Sergio Perez didn't win at least 11 races. Oh, I'm not saying terrible he needs, driver. I'm not saying he needs Perez to win 11, out, but what Perez I'm saying out. is... I mean he's the best... He's not, it doesn't mean he doesn't mean he's not the best the driver of the in year. Terms yeah, he's of not the, the driver of the year. We're not saying, oh my god, who has a worse car but is still quite good and still managed to claw a race. <laughs> we're not saying, oh, who's quite good considering their car and considering they're not he's in a mistake. Best, we're saying actually. we're saying who did was the best driver this year, and without doubt, it's the winner of the championship. Oh, Sergio races. Perez, thank you. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sergio Perez, right? Sergio Perez. See, look at you look at the list of awards. And tell me that Perez, it, it, it would be contrary, I think, to fit Perez into other places on this ward if he was driver of the year. I think the places I've put him are very uh, coherent and cohesive. I don't think he can be driver of the year. I just don't think he's done enough to that. I mean, no, what he, el- he, he, he could have easily won every award so far. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, mm, yeah. He can't. Yeah, no, best race, I'm Sergio sorry. Perez. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he cannot win this one. I would argue it's got to be Lewis Hamilton. It is just it Lewis Hamilton. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Tom, just, Tom just messaged me saying you're raging. <laughs> but he's... And I reply, it has to be Perez. <laughs> has to be it has to be Hamilton I think I think the way it's viewed with Perez though it's viewed that he's so spectacular because he he did achieve such you know that's such a brilliant feat and he managed to keep his like fight for his way back in the team in the in the sport next year and he achieved all these things but in a normal year year that wouldn't have been seen as driver of the year material it's just the way he's called back it you wouldn't. could argue, you could argue as well. Sergio Perez, Lewis Hamilton was in a team environment where he was loved and cherished and constantly appreciated. Sergio yeah. Perez was sacked halfway through the year, but he did not let that put himself down. That he doesn't put become, his, t- put his chin up. For me, right, t- right, right, the, right, if, you look, if you look at the, if you look at the asterisk for driver of the year, I'm sure you'll you'll find t- characteristics such as resilience and uh, why do we flip a coin? and all that. 
we're gonna, we're gonna have to flip a coin. There's no other way mean, to do this. Uh, yeah, we're probably that's how the best decisions are made. Let's do right, it. right. Who wants to be heads and who wants to be tails? Tails, tails, tails. And so, Liv and I, are you ready? Fine. It's tails. Yes! Yes! Come on, come on. Yes. Justice. I love justice, man. It's, it's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the the <coughs> the yes. has I'm not afraid to post another poll. Can't just do a poll live every time you don't like something. <laughs> I don't like it either. So in oh second place, we've got Hamilton as driver of the year, yeah. just That's slightly fair. behind Perez by a tenth of a second. Would you like me to do the honors? Absolutely. Well, I'm not saying it. Fantastic. <laughs> and the driver of the year for 2020 is Sergio Perez. Yes, get in. And well second done. place goes to Lewis Hamilton. Congratulations. Well Congratulations. done to Hamilton. Well done right. to Hamilton. Okay, the next award. Best moment of the season. Best moment of the season. What do we think? Oh, so at the start of... I, I immediately wrote down, uh, it's got to be at the start of the first race in Austria. Because uh, that moment of, like, here we go, I can't believe we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I can't believe we're about to have some racing. And then, also, I suppose Russell got points, and that was incredible, seeing him just super-duper happy. And then Grosjean goes and ruins it. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and, and so, for me... <laughs> For me, it, it's it's Grosjean. Um, best moment is seeing Grosjean not die in a fireball. I don't want to watch this race, uh, the races and watch people die. We had that a lot in the 1960s, but unfortunately, I never watched Formula One because I wasn't alive. And it's some it's a streak of it, yeah, it's a streak I don't want to break, especially not in someone's last year of being in a sport. Watching Grosjean break in half and then catch on fire or his car break in half rather thank god he didn't watching Grosjean's car break in half catch on fire was one of the most heart-wrenching thing I've ever seen and watching him get out of said fireball was one of the best things I have also seen it was something that I think we will not forget and solidified to everyone that the safety record of Formula 1 is ever improving that the technology is getting better. The halo saved his life and the fireproof clothes saved his life. So that's it. For me, it's got to be not witnessing a death. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, Grosjean walking away from uh, from that spectacle was remarkable. Um, and I'm so happy to see, as I sort of said earlier, that he's fully recovered from that. No serious injuries. And as you say, it's a testament to the halo system, to the FIA who get it so wrong often and people are so, you know, so ready to jump on the bandwagon that the FIA made a bad decision. But here they show that all their money and their research and all their dedication to a safer sport has very much paid off. And uh, without that work, um, I, I doubt Roman Grosjean would be would be here to tell the tale. Um, so yeah, that's got to be the best uh, the best moment, either when he walks away or when he uh, sees his mechanics after coming out of hospital, or coming out of hospital, or just, you know, anything to do with that, I think, is a, is, is the best moment. A, a feel-good moment, if you will, but um, I digress. Yeah, completely agree. Um, the sense of relief, I'm sure we all got when he emerged from the crash and we saw he was okay. Like, I can't even imagine, like, if... I, it was massive for me and I'm sure it was for 
all of you as well um for sure the fact that he got out that crash alive shows the massive safety strides that have been made over the years um and yeah definitely the best moment for sure yeah i mean i, d- I didn't actually put that at first because i kind of focused my feel-good moment on him returning to the paddock and then i have erased the moments leading or not leading up to it but the week before um from my memory so i i didn't put it as best moment because as as i say bef- even him getting out wasn't good uh, i i wasn't okay for quite a while so so I, well i'm gonna agree because obviously the three of you have said so i'm happy for it to win um it wasn't a moment that I want to dwell on, so therefore I wouldn't like keep coming back to be like, "Wow, best moment." Um, but the I also put um, well, I put um, when George returned from his first um, disappointment of the in but when he was driving for Mercedes in Bahrain, the first of the disappointments when the wrong tires were put on, and he came back into fifth, and in a matter of laps, absolutely rocketed his way back up to second, including an insane pass on Valtteri Bottas that just proved to everyone you know what we all know and that he's you know how incredible he is and that he should be there and when just just witness him go from you know just make his way so easily through the pack and then as i said pass bottas in in the same car um i literally couldn't believe what i was witnessing and i was like oh my god this is the best moment ever and obviously it all soon all went wrong but of the year that was the moment that really sort of made me be like holy I can't swear. I mean, I can swear, but holy damn, I <laughs> I absolutely love watching this sport, and that was the moment for me because although best moment was that Grosjean surviving, it it didn't make me love it very much. Um, however, I'm happy for it to win. So, uh, yes, that's my answer. Do you do you would you agree a bit? Even though we're going to go for Grosjean, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I agree, yeah. I agree, absolutely, yeah. brilliant. So, therefore, the best moment goes to. Roman Grosjean emerging like a phoenix from the fire, if slightly singed. <laughs> singed okay. <phoenix>. Great. <laughs> and the next award is who's survived to drive another year? Which driver has been a bit lucky this year to still be in a car next year? What do we think? What do you think? I think there's. Oh, I think there's there's an answer that immediately springs to mind. It's our good friend, the Italian stallion Antonio Giovinazzi. Um, <laughs> what? Like, I mean, we've, <laughs> like we've said, um, he wasn't ever yeah, up for um, being booted out, was he? Well, I mean, well, I still think he's lucky to survive. If you, if you think of the the options below him, pos- like possible who could have taken his seat, such as as a threat that Mick Schumacher could have gone to Alfa Romeo. Um, you you got of course Kalamila and Robert Schwartzman, who, in my opinion, if if either one of them, actually no, Kalamila's not in F two next year. If Robert Schwartzman has a great year in F two, he's a shoe in for that Alfa Romeo seat in twenty twenty two. Because um, Giovinazzi, as we've said, is just a bit average, really. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say that like he's lucky he's not necessarily lucky to keep his seat because you know he's the draw he brings to that team and sort of him being Italian in an Italian team. Um, and Ferrari always wants to keep like an Italian name in their roster, um, but I, st- I still, because I mean, considering his performances are a bit like rubbish and not great, I still think he's. I still consider him lucky to survive to drive another year. Because when you said, "Oh, there's there's only one option," my brain was like, oh, "Yeah, cool." Me and Angus are on the same <laughs> same wavelength there, and you're like the Italian star. I was like, "That's not Perez." Um, <laughs> for me, it's got to be <laughs> Perez. Um, because Ooh. you have made such an excellent point, you two, about how great Perez is. So you've kind of done my job for me here. But Perez was 
I see. I don't like the idea of it being lucky because I never read this one as being lucky. He survived to drive another year because he showed damn well what he could do, and he survived because he was close to being pushed out. And it was only because Alex Albon was so beige and so not particularly brilliant this year, to be kind, that he got the seat. He was lucky to get it in that sense, but also he won a race. He showed everyone he could do. So for me, it's got to be Sergio Perez. He survived to drive another year and good on him. I feel as if I took it more the way Angus took it. I I took this question as kind of in who survived but barely and shouldn't have. Um, mm. and in that sense like, I, I very similarly I bought similar sim, yeah like Angus I went uh, <laughs> I went went for Kimi Raikkonen um, same kind of idea in this, that team youngsters coming up shouldn't have survived to like I, I don't like using survive because we're saying that F1 drivers shouldn't have survived and in the wrong context that doesn't sound good I, I think we should say um, <laughs> I think that Kimi Raikkonen shouldn't have clawed onto his seat for this year, uh, for next well this year, uh, for next season. Um, when there's as upcoming talent, and he has, as we discussed in at least two other categories, hasn't done really anything this year. Um, you know, we gave we gave him the award of biggest letdown. So he's why should the biggest letdown have a seat next year? He probably shouldn't. Mm. So, in taking it in that way, of, as in they've barely survived, but somehow, who knows? Who knows how? Um, they've managed to get a seat next year. I'm going to go for Kimi Raikkonen. Okay, um, I've taken it on the similar vein that uh, Liv and Angus have. And while there was no threat of Valtteri Bottas being kicked out of Mercedes, there's no doubt in my mind that he's a lucky, lucky boy to be in the best car on the grid, um, because he's only won two races this season. He offered his teammates, Lewis Hamilton, zero competition this season, last season, and the season before. I understand why he's there, because he's a good little teammate, and he'll uh, obey orders, shall we say, and um, he won't kick up uh, too much uh, of a fuss. But I just don't see why he deserves to be the teammate of Lewis Hamilton in that Mercedes car, when we consider that at the Sakir Grand Prix uh, at Bahrain, when Lewis Hamilton was away through illness... When George Russell came in, and when you consider that he was you know, thousands of a second off Valtteri Bottas, this being George Russell, and while Bottas had many elements against him in the race, which resulted in him doing so poorly, from memory, Russell overtook him three times in one race, and this is a guy who's been in the sport for, what, one or two years, only driven a, a Williams car. Meanwhile, Bottas has been there for three or four years. So um, while there's no immediate threat to, uh, to Bottas's seat, and his position in Mercedes, I kind of feel that he's um, he's skating on very thin ice. He needs to go and show Mercedes why he, he needs to be there and why he deserves to be there from the standpoint of, oh, I can win you races if you want me to. Then, um, then yeah, for me, Valtteri Bottas, lucky guy, lucky guy. Um, Tristan, uh, yes. if you take it now the way that us three took it yeah, <laughs> as in yeah, clawing then, who would you go it, for yeah then I go with Valtteri Bottas uh, <laughs> come on I'm, uh, I, I actually I, I found myself nodding like the Churchill dog when Tom was talking which is <laughs> which I suppose is my version of the old grey whistle test um, <laughs> so yeah I've got to give it to you Val, uh, Valtteri Bottas and I think what solidifies this is the fact that I think in our hearts of hearts we know that as soon as George Russell is ready he will 
be replacing Bottas. And I think if mm. you take it on that as well, I think actually Bottas is surviving to drive another year because, hey, Mercedes have really let Russell sit in the car in Hamilton's seat. It's only a matter of time now. So mm. I'm siding with, with Tom. Not that your guys' answers weren't good as well. They were both truly excellent. Um, and Thank you. Definitely <laughs> they have all su- survived and just clawed their way and grabbed a seat. I mean, how how Kimi Raikkonen has still got a seat, I have no idea. Which is why but he's the winner. It, he is definitely <laughs> up there, but it's got to be the one person who has the coveted car live. No one covets the Alfa Romeo car. <laughs> Everyone yeah. covets the Mercedes car. So it's got to be, for me, Mr. Beige, um, Valtteri Bottas. <sighs> Join us, join us. Well, you've won. Oh, well, yeah, you've unless... won because we, unless we decide to join together with an, with oh, one yeah. of our two answers, um, then... I'm sticking. I'm sticking with the Italian stallion. I'm so, thinking, yeah, well, I'm, uh... we could we could join together and say the Alfa Romeo drivers. <laughs> just Alfa Romeo. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just the Alfa Romeo. Um, no, I, I can I can accept. I'll accept Bottas. Mm. If you accept that he was the beige, won the beige award as well, how's this for a deal? I can't do that. That's <laughs> retrospectively, you, you're not understanding how bargaining works. I have all the chips here. No. <laughs> Why do you have all the chips? Because I'm the one who makes the crucial decision. What? Why? Because you and Angus won't join together. Yeah, so you, it's you two versus. No, oh, okay. it's got to be. It's got to be Bottas. Mm. I'm afraid. I, I would. I would. It's very close. We're arguing about who basically hasn't been amazing this year, so mm. it's been very close. But I think it's got to be Bottas. I think I'd probably be willing to concede, reluctantly, to Bottas. <laughs> yeah, there's a good chap. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tom. Do you do? <laughs> okay, and the winner of the "This Person Has Survived to Drive for Another Year" award is our good old friend Valtteri Bottas. Well done. You've survived. Four on you. Right. Okay, now going to a, a different award, shall we say, and the fact that we are looking at the best circuit, or best new circuit, shall I say, of 2020. We've had many circuits that have come through this season that have uh, rarely been in the racing calendar for years to come, or years past. But which one's been the best? What do you think? What do you think? I think this one is going to be pretty quick for me. It's Turkey with an honorary mention to Magello. Um, I don't have that Ooh, either of okay. those two. I have Portugal. What? <laughs> Whoa! Interesting. Interesting. No, but I think it was a good. Tra- and everyone, everyone praised that track. Genuinely, that I think that as a track to be added, Portugal, like at the time, everyone was saying on social, the drivers themselves, that the Portugal adding the Portugal track was was a good decision, and so that's why I'm saying it. I, I, I'm going to make this more complicated. I've got a different answer as well. Um, I would have probably said Turkey, but I was I was a little bit pedantic in the, when it said new circuit. I mean, t- Turkey was on the calendar a few years back, so technically not a new circuit. But out of the actual like new new circuits, I actually went with the Sakir circuit, the the outer loop of the Bahrain uh, track, because well, it was it was a new circuit, but also because. Gave us Turkey gave us a belter of a race, but Sakir also gave us an absolute belter of a race. Um, also, the fact I'd say that I remember people saying that they thought that the um, the outer loop Bahrain track might not be great for racing. Um, 
because it wouldn't have as many overtaking opportunities but that turned out to be not the case it was fantastic for racing um arguably threw up more opportunities than we we might have thought so that would be my um award winner for this one the Sakir circuit well i'm gonna just go back go and agree with the two the turkeys then if if we if that like portugal's not considered I, i'll go agree with turkeys oh. mm. yeah see i'm stuck between turkey and sakir myself those are the two ones Ooh. i've uh I, I think we should list. remember though that we we awarded those both best race for the content, but we're talking now are literally just about the tracks. No, we're not giving it to Portugal. We're not giving it to Portugal. If we're giving it, that's what you're trying to say. No, I'm not saying that. If it's pure track, if it's pure track, I would argue Turkey's new because it's new to the since since like 2012, and I, by that logic, Bahrain is. I mean, the track is essentially it has parts of the other track in it. Secure, the outer circuit. Um, yeah, but it assimilates some of the inner circuit. It's never been used before. It's been assimilated. Um, <laughs> so, plus Turkey got relayed, so technically that's a new track. Anyway, mm. oh, um, <laughs> so so I, I'm I, oh Portugal. No, that was really boring, and it wasn't a great track. I'm not talking about the okay. I also want to say track. that um, the Turkey actually I don't think is a great track because it was physically dangerous <laughs> the slipperiness like it just like although it provided an entertaining race if we're talking about this the design of a track um it was everyone was complaining or constantly at how difficult it was to drive on and we just because we although it's fun for us <laughs> um uh, if we're looking at the, the state of a track for a driver then not they didn't enjoy it at all <laughs> um, what about Magello then what about Magello? i would think about Magello. Magello was it. was a good track it yeah, was an it excellent. Was. It ended up being better than we thought it would be. Very true, and it's it's gen, genuinely new, mm. and it's one I really want them to go back to. It happened to deliver us an excellent race as well. Yeah, I would think I would consider Miguel. I would rather Miguel than Turkey because all, I, if we're looking at races, a hundred percent Turkey. But the the track itself was not high quality. It was the way they tried to resurface it. And I remember the night before they were driving hire cars around it to try and fix the track. Like that's not a good quality track if that's what you have to do. So um, if we're going, if we're looking at that in that way, and you're suggesting um, Miguel, I'll, I'll jump on with Miguel. Yeah, I'm game for Miguel. Okay. Fine, fine. Well, in that case, the winner of the best new circuit is one that none of us decided to pick. It's Magello. <laughs> Three. Three, okay. Nearly there. Right. Next one. The most dramatic driver transfer. Most dramatic driver transfer. What do we think? Um, I... Well, I put, I put Sergio Perez just because it really left us hanging to the last second i don't think it's dramatic in the sense that it's shocking so it really depends how you want to view it but for me the most dramatic was that was that red bull seat that was dramatic because it was back and forth if like as my evidence i'm just going to ask you how many times per you know how many times this season have we had the conversation of how did albon do this week do you think it will be enough is perez going to be good <laughs> we had that conversation or probably pr- pretty every much every episode weekly. and because of that 
you know, the, this transfer was the most, like, the, probably the, one of the biggest talking points when it comes to driver transfers. And we were, were literally on the edge of our seats until the end, including the drivers themselves, which is great. They, you know, Alex Arbon only found out an hour before that he wasn't going to be kept on that. And, you mm. know, and Perez a week or so before, I think, was the case. So, yeah, it's, it for me, that is the most dramatic because it was ups and downs and the shocks and twists and the turns. And finally, we had to wait so long. And finally, we were told. And we in our group chat, Literally, we were constantly going, but could it be? Could it not be? Oh, my God. I sent you a picture of an emoji that Red Bull Mexico posted because we were, <laughs> we were that desperate for an answer. They posted a clock emoji. And I, I just was like, oh, my God, it means they're going to announce something, which obviously they did. But <laughs> it just shows the way that we were clinging on to it for me that it was the most dramatic of the year. And when you look at the context as well, the fact that Red Bull have essentially ditched one of their academy drivers for someone outside of the Red Bull Academy, something they haven't done in, well, living memory really for me, and the fact that it was done so late, you know, all this sort of soap opera of Red Bull thinking, no, surely they can't go and ditch one of the drivers, and they did. For someone like Perez, who's, you know, the other side of 30, yeah, I, I actually didn't think I didn't think they'd actually do it. To be fair, after um, Albon got third place, I thought maybe he's just earned uh, enough to be given another chance um, next season because of the pride, um, of course, that um, that Red Bull have with you know keeping drivers that they've uh, got in their academy and, and promoting them. But um, but yeah, I'd agree, Liv. Well, Liv, you're going to be really pleased to hear <laughs> that I I I wrote down that I believe it's Perez to Red Bull, Rip Albon. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. I, I actually had a, I had a different answer. I uh, went down. But it's, ten- it's interesting because I suggested this award and my thinking at the time was best dri- or most dramatic driver transfer because, of course, there are many big moves such as Carlos Sainz going to Ferrari for next year, Daniel Ricciardo going to McLaren, as you mentioned, Sergio Perez going to Red Bull. But I actually chose one which may happen again in the future but only happened for one race this year it was George Russell to Mercedes I'm counting that as a driver <laughs> transfer um, for one race because if you think of the whole the whole context if we throw throw back to that week where Lewis Hamilton got coronavirus um, which of course thankfully he recovered from um, and we're the speculation was going around oh is who's going to replace him in the Mercedes seat for for the secure races it's, it's probably and we were thinking oh it won't be George Russell you know it, it, like it'd probably be Stoffel van Dorn or Esteban Gutierrez something like something beige um <laughs> but in the end they went for George Russell and our excitement at possibly surely not he surely he couldn't contend for his first race win you know he's he's just going to be he's used to the team he's used to the car he's just going to be you know if he gets a podium that's amazing that's fantastic and then he what was like 6 milliseconds off pole um took the lead at the first corner and then, obviously, what could have been? Um, but he still did himself so proud and like put himself even higher up in people's estimations because of that. But I don't. I'm going to claim that as a driver transfer. Um, you think of the dramatic nature of that week from Hamilton testing positive for COVID nineteen to Russell being swooped in to then also the whole the whole storyline afterwards of oh will he will he keep his seat for Abu Dhabi? Will Hamilton recover? Will George Russell get another chance at a race win? Um, and of course, in the end, he was put back at Williams for the final race of the season. Um, but I'm going to argue that that is the most dramatic driver transfer. I respect that, but uh, I'm I'm just I'm going to stick to Perez. Yeah, I take your point. Yeah. I take your point. But um, but yeah, Perez I don't think win. we can. I yeah, it's not permanent. It was more. Otherwise, you could say Hulkenberg. That's pretty dramatic that too. 
okay. Mm. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Per- yeah, that's Paris Red Bull is a good one as well. Liv, would you like to announce this? <gasps> oh my Go gosh, on, really? Okay. Um, this is my first announcement. <laughs> um, and the award <laughs> for the most dramatic driver transfer goes to Sergio Perez to Red Bull. Yeah. Ooh. Excellent. Well done. Nice. Fantastic. And so ends the F1 in Review Awards Night. Thank you very much for sticking with us as we've gone through 14 awards this evening. And we've given them to tracks, to constructors, to drivers. Everyone's got an award, I say everyone. Two awards has gone to Gasly and two to, uh, to Sergio Perez. But um, we've hashed out a consensus, a, a broader release one at that. Hopefully you agree with us. Maybe you don't. Get in touch. Tell us what you think about that. If we've made the right or wrong decisions in certain categories. Um, we've all come into this one with differing views on many topics. Um, but, um, but we've come to conclusions. So fingers crossed uh, you agree with us on that one but this will be our final episode for let's say series one or the 2020 season of f1 uh, but we will be back um probably around the march sort of period around then whenever testing uh, is going on to go and put forward our predictions for the 2021 year for those who don't know the cars will pretty much be the same uh for this year or for, the, for next year uh but the drivers will of course be different and uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether there'll be any sort of seismic changes in the driver's championship and the constructor's championship and with the calendar being very different whether this will make a big change to what will happen next year but thank you very much for listening to this episode thank you very much if you listened to episodes before this it's been a real pleasure uh doing these sort of first series of f1 in review and um we'll catch you around march don't forget to follow our new twitter page at f1 in review just pop that in somewhere thanks that was really slick that was nice that was good that was good